0: Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. W Podcast, hosted by Princess and love Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The W Podcast. I am Princess, and my co-host is here with me, Lo. Say what's
1: up to the people, Lowe. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the latest episode of W Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, as always. We've missed you guys, and we can't wait to jump into today's episode and try to wrap up the year strong. Right. So
0: this isn't just any episode of the W Podcast. This is the last one of 2017, which is very, you know, I think it's very like reflective and it's going to be good. It's going to be good and funny because we have a lot of different topics to include, not just basketball. So we're going to make it really fun, of course. Um, I think one of the biggest highlights of 2017 was, of course, starting this awesome podcast, the W Podcast, alongside my girl, Lo. Um, and I'm just thankful for that whole process. Well, we're going to get into everything reflecting on 2017. But first, we're going to kick off with just a quick mention of the latest women's basketball news, just to catch you guys all up to speed. Um, and most of this is going to be on the WNBA side So starting off, I think the biggest news is the name and logo unveiling of the Las Vegas Aces. Mm -hmm. Um, This was announced on December 11th. It was a really big ceremony, included the Las Vegas mayor, Carolyn Goodwin, the, I think, Clark County Commissioner, MGM Resorts President, Mandalay Bay President, which is the arena they're going to be playing in in Vegas. And of course, WNBA President Lisa Borders and the new head coach and general manager, bill lane beer um so he of course left the new york liberty and um yeah the las vegas aces they're formerly the san antonio stars if you all didn't know they did finish with the worst record this year at 8 and 26 but it still seems that vegas is very excited about turning into a sports town and adding another major um sports league and they do have some promising talent they have the 2017 number one draft pick and Kelsey Plum they also have Mariah Jefferson Kayla Alexander and those two players were um, in attendance at the ceremony so Las Vegas Aces if you'd like to see the logo please go visit our Instagram at the W podcast it'll definitely be up there and it's cool it's very Cirque du Soleil um, a lot of gold red and black I guess colors of like gambling and luck and and all that nice stuff. I
1: like it. Do you like the the shape of it? Like, it's a cool little thing. I loved everything about it. First, I want to commend the WNBA because um, I had a personal gripe with the league when the Dallas Wings were announced, that whole press conference and everything. And one thing that I really was, like, disappointed in was the entire presentation. Um, it was hard for fans to watch it. There was nowhere for, There was no live stream or anything like that. Kind of had to follow people who may have been on the ground covering and tweeting about it or posting about it. Um, so this time it was a big turnaround as far as coverage. It was live streamed via Periscope, which was ended, which was also on Twitter, on the WNBA website, um, and I believe through Facebook as well. Um, La hosted shout out to La China, our girl, she uh, was the moderator and she was amazing. I love everything about – I think the logo and the colors are dope. I'm really excited to see what the jersey is going to come out looking like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's also a good fresh start, too, because they also have this upcoming year's number one draft pick as well. So I think for them to be in a new city, new ownership, new everything – Um, And also have some of the amazing talent that's coming, have an opportunity to pick up some of the most amazing talent in the country come the spring. I think it'll probably be the boost that they needed. And hopefully everything starts to click together, um, especially with the new coach that they have there. So I'm here for the Vegas Aces. I am trying, I hope, because I did it for the Dallas Wings. I went to their season home opener, like their first game ever, on their home court. And I'm hoping to be able to get to Vegas to do the same thing for The Aces. So maybe a potential not road trip because we live too far. But like a potential like (laughs) quick weekend getaway or something like that to um watch the game would be dope. So congratulations to the ladies uh and gentlemen of the Las Vegas Aces franchise.
0: That's definitely not a road trip eligible situation. Like unless you want to make it a three-day trip, I definitely think we should just hop on a plane. And go, But that would be so good, especially for BeyondTheW.com, which is the site that Lowe owns and founded and manages, I mean, to be there at the season opener with all the excitement, with, you know, the the whole fresh start feeling, especially in a city as big and as booming as Vegas would
1: definitely
0: be a great experience. So I hope you do get to go and make it a great trip.
1: It's going to be fun. And I and I think it's great, too, because obviously The W has fans all over the country. So I'm interested to see um, the fan base out there, get to learn the fan base, what their culture is, like, culture is like. And Vegas is a really big basketball city. Like I think that because they don't have a professional team, I think sometimes they may get overlooked. But I remember I went to Vegas a couple years ago because I just wanted to just try to get in sports. And I just went to Vegas with no itinerary. That's a no another conversation. But anyway, when I went to Vegas that particular summer, it was summer league. It was the USA Basketball Exhibition and it was like some national AAU tournament. But mm-hmm. so there was just a whole heap of basketball all over Vegas. And, um, and on, on top of the collegiate programs that they already have there, like UNLV and, and all the other ones. So can't wait to see what the pan out, um, what the turnout is going to be for them.
0: Yeah, they're definitely big basketball fans. So they should welcome the Aces with open arms. Um, And moving forward, we're going to talk about Diana Tarazi leaves her Euroleague team. It is UMMC Edinburgh. I'm not good with Russian at all. So I'm just going to kind of wing that one.
1: Um. Sorry to our Russian uh, listeners.
0: so the Phoenix Mercury's Diana Tarazi, who um, reportedly has been dealing with injuries, I think, which is kind of why she's pulled out, announced she is ending her EuroLeague season early with the UMMC team. And over the uh, over last weekend, she posted a video on Instagram thanking the fans of the Russian team. And she's been there since 2012. So she was thanking them for their support in the last five years. And she, from the video, she said, We've gone through so many championships, so many great moments. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. This isn't a goodbye. This is just a see you later. So, could be a possibility that she's going back to the Euro League sometime soon. Um, but she's definitely not exiting basketball because she did sign a max deal with the Phoenix Mercury through the 2020 season. And we all know um, she's an all time leading scorer in WNBA history and climbing.
1: And that Russian team wasted no time in replacing her because they signed Maya Moore
0: sure do. Um, they have a good team. They have uh, Brittany Griner, Sandy Brondella, which is her head coach over at Phoenix, is an assistant on the roster there. So there are definitely big things coming for Diana Tarazi um, and also big things that happen for her college coach. Gino Ariema, he alongside head coach Sylvia Hatchell of my North Carolina Tar Heels, both reached 1,000 wins on the same day. That day was December 19th. Um, UNC beat Grambling down in Myrtle Beach, and UConn beat Oklahoma at home, 88 to 64. Now, those two coaches do join a very elite club. There are only four head coaches um, on the women's side of college basketball that have achieved that feat so astronomical a thousand wins is big and it's 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 hard but like you got to put in your time Gino of course you know with the entire streak that they had season after season after season of elite and just amazing players he reached it fastest um, in history but they do join the elite club joined by Stanford's Tara Vanderveer and the late head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers Pat Summit, on the men's side Coach Shashevsky from Duke is also a 1,000-win club uh, member. Congratulations to both of them. And the craziest thing is just that, you know, them being able to do it in the same afternoon. Like, what are the odds that something that big coincides on the same day? Um, It's awesome. Showing love to both Coach Ariama and Coach Hatchell for their contributions to the game of women's basketball.
1: Uh, That was a huge, huge, huge major moment in – college basketball history women's basketball history in general that's like a win doesn't matter you know if you're competitors or that's just a huge win for the sport um in general and i am extremely proud of them
0: right and i think it points to just the excellence that's in this game um you know for there to be four coaches to do it on the women's side and only one on the men so many people like to make the argument that Women's basketball isn't as entertaining. You know, UConn being a dynasty is just boring. But it's like, look, that's not the only great program that has come out. And nobody was saying this when UCLA was winning. Hmm. They have 11 national championships. Of course, that was back in the 80s. But that was when the game was developing still. Um, I think it was before the 80s, actually. That was when the game was still in its developmental stages. And no one said, you know, John Wooden um, and his team was bad for basketball. And I don't think that we should say it here in women's as well. Um, just congratulate the coaches for all the hard work um, a lot of people are making note of the assistant coaches that are a part of this and of course the players um, CD Chris Daly has been very instrumental as she has worked with Gina Ariama since day one the thing is her 1000th win as well um, UConn of course we know the powerhouse that they are as well as the University of North Carolina uh, How strong their women's team has been so congratulations to both coaches um, transitioning back into the WNBA for our last little bit of news before we get into our best of 2017 portion of this podcast. Um, the WNBA's competition committee announced new rule changes for the 2018 season. These new rules are related to the draft the selection of the all-star game coaches, um, free throws and the concussion protocol. So the first new rule is um, related to the concussion evaluations. If a player comes out of the game, or that evaluation and completes the locker room test um, under the concussion policy and is deemed not to have one, she then may re-enter the game despite not having taken her free throws or being able to participate in a jump ball. What that means is if a player is injured um, and they think that they have hit their head and got a concussion um, and they weren't able to shoot free throws that may have come subsequently after or jump for a jump ball, um, if they weren't able to do that, they were also not able to continue the game. So the WNBA is letting them, as long as they pass a concussion policy, they're letting them re-enter the game. Um, a delay of game penalty will now be assessed if a free throw shooter ventures beyond the three-point line between attempts. I think this is a big um, thing when it comes to speed of the game. I guess mm-hmm. they don't want people walking around, high-fiving everybody, trying to reset before their second uh, free throw. So if they do do that, then they will get a delay of game penalty. Um, Also, for picking the All-Star Game coaches, the coach of the team with the best record in each conference following the Friday games played two weeks before the All-Star Game will serve as the All-Star Game coaches. Um, Previously, the coach of a conference champion in the year prior um, was the All-Star Game coach. Um, We have seen Cheryl Reeve there a lot because of that rule. We also saw her this past year, too, Um, but she is an awesome coach. The West usually does a very job, very great job dominating um, as well in the All-Star game. Um, And last but not least, so this relates to the WNBA draft. Um, teams are now allowed to trade first round picks in successive seasons from February 1st until the immediately succeeding draft. So we'll lose the next draft, first round draft picks in both the immediately succeeding draft and the next draft may be traded. Previously, they were required to retain one first round draft pick um, before initiating any trades. So it just gives teams a little bit more power to move around their players um, if they deem necessary. So those are the new rule changes for the 2018 season um, passed out by the WNBA. Are there any that you think are like a little weird or are
1: you good on those? You think they help the game a little bit? I do like the rule change for the coaching regarding the the all-star game. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good um, rule change. As far as the other ones, we'll just have to wait to see how it pans out and when the game is actually happening and definitely when it comes time for the draft. So um, yeah. it depends on who's being drafted at what number, what team picks up who, because that's when all the excitement, I think, will kind of come into to fruition, and we'll start to see how that pans out. So are there any ones that, for you that kind of make you scratch your head or are you excited about? I know
0: that they're a professional league, so I'm going to trust their concussion protocol, um, and I just hope that there's a thorough evaluation before you let another player go in and um, possibly be exposed to more damage or more impact. So, you know,
1: i just say that they got it on lock and Leave it at that. But let's transition now into the fun part that me and Francis have been waiting for for the past week. To talk about the best of 2017. This year has been, has been crazy, whether it's related to the WNBA, whether it's anything in pop culture, politics, personal life. Um, environment, everything. 2017 has just been like a cluster of everything. So we just wanted to run down a couple of our favorite moments or maybe not so favorite moments, but pivotal moments that have taken place um, throughout the year. So let's start off with the best WNBA game or women's college game for you, Princess, and to you follow the women's college game. I'm not going to give a women's college one because I just started kind of watching, but um, but best WNBA game? Um, I would say the best WNBA
0: game, of course, came in the WNBA finals. It was actually game one um, where the Sparks went on the road to beat the Minnesota Lynx 85-84 to 84 behind Chelsea Gray's pull-up, buzzer, beater, fade-away jumper. Um, it was like – it was just a per- – that game was very, like, aggressive. I mean, very skilled. I think Minnesota had a lot of turnovers – um, in that game. But other than that, you really got to see every player's skill. And Chelsea Gray just at the the end, just really putting the nail in the coffin um, and securing that game one win really gave the Sparks some, like, some let's go get this type stuff. Of course, they didn't go on to win the WNBA championship, but it was definitely a great game. Um, and speaking of buzzer beater fadeaway jumpers, as I talk about my favorite women's college game, of course it has to be Morgan Williams taking down UConn, snapping your streak. Um, so they were beat by uh, Mississippi State in the semifinals, and they ended their run of four straight NCAA titles in 111 games. Before then, UConn had not lost since November 17, 2014, but Morgan Williams said, F that y'all are going down we're going to- <laughs> she said y'all are going down we're going to the championship so her taking down UConn I mean it was just was like literally a jaw-dropping moment and to do that over the best team of course even Gino Arima had to give her, her props he was laughing smiling like whoa like what a game what a moment um, so that was definitely crazy and definitely momentous in the year 2017.
1: That was a crazy game. I forgot that was in 2017. For some reason, I felt like that was 2016.
0: But yes, I guess it was April, but It seemed kind of a long time ago, actually.
1: I guess sometimes you kind of confuse seasons with years. So because it was last season, doesn't mean it necessarily was last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So that was a crazy moment. Um, you took the dub the top WNBA game from me. Actually, that's the one that um stuck out in my mind. I think that was the one when I watched it. I was like, yeah, the Sparks coming back for championship number two. They're ready. They, they, they're they about their business and, you know, the best of the two, the better of the two won in the end. But shout outs to the Sparks for that. Uh, best player performance. Um, best That's player. a hard one. Because there's been a lot of players this year that have really. Um,
0: it wasn't hard for me. I was like, this is. When I thought of it up, I was like, oh, I definitely have to say this. So Christy Tolliver's nine threes and 32 points over the New York Liberty to knock them out of the WNBA playoffs' sudden death round. And Washington did advance to the semifinals. Um, Elena Deladon called her unconscious. And it was true. When she started putting up threes and she got to, like, the fourth one and really was like, oh, I'm hot, like, she literally was unconscious. Like, it was just crazy. She got it. Um, she made moves. She got herself open. Um, she caught it trailing and was knocking down threes. It was crazy. Um, finishing with 32 points to move on in the D&D playoffs. Um, and I think what made it even better in terms of her performance is just that, you know, I was following the Mystics this season and Christy really had not been living up to, I guess, the standard of being the elite shooter that she was in L.A., um, even sometimes the leader, you know, that they needed on that team. Like a really bad scoring slump at the end of the season, and in that game, the Liberty were definitely the favorites. Like they had the home court advantage. You know, Washington was kind of rocky finishing out, finishing. Out, I think that number four spot in the league. Um, and so they were definitely the the favorites to win. But Chrissy Tolliver said, "No ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am."
1: <laughs> yeah, I for I didn't forget about that. Actually, I kind of wanted to forget about it because I was there to see it, and you know, I'm a little bit biased towards my New York teams. But that definitely was one of the best moments. Um, I was going to say Sylvia Fowles' overall performance, just general, within the finals. I mean, she's obviously had a remarkable year, and just her presence and the way she dominated and the way she was able to help secure that win this year. For Minnesota, to me, I think her – she takes it for for me. Yeah,
0: she, she definitely was finals MVP. So, I mean, and just to see her growth, like, she killed this entire – league this year she kept she got the league mvp uh finals mvp of course the championship she was so instrumental to that
1: like i was just it was just i was at all watching her, it was her, was awesome. her it was her year and i lost to her i think she she may have won some award with minnesota sports if i'm not mistaken this year i'm gonna find out what exactly what it was but she won another award like during this off season oh no I'm going to find out what it is, and I'll post it on our Instagram to shout. Uh, give her a proper shout-out. Mm-hmm. Next, we have best WNBA moment. It does not have to be anything on court. I have mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest moments for me this year is the WNBA being included in NBA Life. Yeah. That was a pivotal moment, I think. It, I think it helped with the increasing the visibility of the league even more. On top of the great things that they were doing this year, they were showcasing their games on Twitter. They did the um, collab with Title, But definitely just NBA Live, as you know, video games when it comes to sports and sports fans is a major thing. And to have them uh, included in that franchise, which – Although the franchise hasn't had the best reputation, but I've heard a lot of amazing reviews about this year's game. I heard that they've included, um, they've improved on the look of it, the the just a lot of the different features that come with it. Definitely trying to chase the crown of 2K, and to have the WNBA for that for that company to say, you know, let's be inclusive, let's bring these ladies in, and uh, you know showcase them in the right way i'm with it that was to me one of the best moments of 2017 for the girls
0: yeah yeah Yeah, they did a good job they were very thorough um i watched demos on um, online i'm not a gamer at all um (laughs) so i watched people play it and it just was really like i said very thorough it was fun i mean at first, when it first came out, people were like, um, why y'all got Tamra Young looking like Mulan? <laughs> they went back and made some adjustments, thankfully. So she looks like herself. She looks like the African-American woman, um, which is hilarious. But, yeah. I, I definitely got to agree with that. That one was a good one, too. Um, but my best WBA moment, I actually have two, oh. which I think is fair. Oh. <laughs> so my first favorite one was Alicia Gray winning Rookie of the Year because I met her back in college when she was at UNC. She's definitely a very sweet woman, um, a very hard worker. She had she had her glow-up year too. You know, she transferred, it was her first year at South Carolina, they won the national championship, she drafted in the first round of the WNBA, then she goes on to win rookie of the year. I mean, like it was really her glow-up year. So from a friend standpoint, I would definitely say that was one of my favorite WB moments. Um, and I have another one which is a bit of a tearjerker, because this show made me cry. Um, I don't know if you saw this video. You probably did though, because you follow all things liberty. But when that man, um, so Tina Charles has a um a foundation, Hope's Heart Foundation, which yeah. I think fibrillators to people. Mm-hmm. This man came and met Tina Charles and told her that her defibrillators from her foundation saved his life. And that literally, yes, that really pulled on my heartstrings because I know that validated with her like What I'm doing is, is right. You know, like if somebody comes to you and says what you're doing or what you did, kept me here on this earth, like that has got to be just, just crazy. So I, that was definitely one of my favorite moments for the WNBA because I cry all the time. Um, (laughs)
1: That one really touched. that was a very touching moment. That definitely was a tearjerker. I had all the feels yes. from it. And yes. Tina does amazing work. Honestly, shout outs to her because she does an um, she does amazing uh, philanthropic work, especially with the Hopi's Heart Foundation, which she started after her late aunt who passed away from a heart attack, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she does great work not only with the Liberty Organization, um, but also with her own organization. And with the league as well. And she is one of the better, the one of the, the most, what's the word I'm looking for? I look up to her. I admire her as a steward, as a person who gives back. She does a lot of amazing work. So shout outs to Tina. Uh, let's move on to the best sports moment outside of the WNBA. So the sports in general. Best sports moment. The best sports moment, this actually
0: initiated in 2016, but the whole movement finally got people on board in 2017, and we cannot, I'd be remiss if we did not mention Colin Kaepernick. Him, He himself took a vow of silence, but the fact that other NFL players joined in on the protests, um, kneeled, caused a stir, got people's attention, got people to stop watching the NFL for a while, got the Papa John CEO mad, like all of that really just combined to be for me the best sports moment um across the board because so many people want sports and politics or sports and protests or sports and social justice to be two separate entities yeah just to be two concept two completely separate things and i feel like they it work that way <laughs> I feel like they intersect in a myriad of different ways. Like you have to realize that athletes are real people. They have voices. They have experiences that combine with what they do. And I really love that, you know, Colin Kaepernick risked a lot, a whole hell of a lot to to say what he had to say and other NFL players feeling like that was necessary
1: enough for them to join as well. That's actually a good one. And shout out to him for winning the sports person of the year. Illustrated, and my more sports- winning performance of the year was supposed illustrated my favorite moment is not as monumental as that overall conversation that Colin started, but for me, one of the biggest sports moments is not as big as what you just mentioned with the movement uh that Colin Kaepernick has spearheaded per se. Um, but for me, when the Houston Astros won the World Series, I felt like that was a huge moment for the city of Houston. Um, obviously, if you don't remember this earlier this year, Houston suffered great devastation with the effects of Hurricane Harvey. And you we haven't really seen something of that magnitude. Probably for the city of Houston. They've probably never dealt with anything like that before. And it's just been a crazy just hurricane season and anything with, with nature has just with has just been um pretty devastating across this country. So for the Astros to win their first World Series um, in franchise history, right after something so devastating has occurred, I think did something for the morale of the city. So for me, that was a very, very touching moment. And I was very happy when they won. I'm not a big baseball person, but I think that was really, really good for the entire state of Texas, actually.
0: Yeah, it's always great when like, you see one A, you see people rallying together for one common cause, which is just like saving lives. And then for sports to come into that. See, that's what I'm saying. Sports and life and and experiences are not mutually exclusive. Like all of that comes together. The sports, cheering for people or cheering for the team, all on one accord, it's just like it's very touching. I'm about to cry, girl. I told you I cry a lot. <laughs> Don't cry.
1: So who's your favorite breakthrough athlete of the year? Not WNBA related?
0: Yes. Um, this is actually very recent in terms of my favorite breakthrough athlete of the year because I am a firm believer in black girl magic. Um are we
1: we gonna have the same person?
0: You're not pick my person, uh what? The mom may biny? No. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so um, my bad. had have a little attitude, but um, <laughs> Mame Baini qualified to compete for the United States at the Winter Olympics coming up next year. She is Ghanaian. She was born in Ghana, Africa, and moved to the DMV at the age of five, and she is now just 17 years old. She is making history, She's the first black female speed skater to do so. I hope she does a great job and really just like dominates because that whole race she was ahead of everybody, like they could not catch up to her. Um, and I just hope she does the same thing at the Winter Olympics and brings home a gold because doing so at the age of 18, I just love to see a, our black girls dominate. So, shout out to her, shout out to Mommy Biney.
1: and I would like to uh shout out my pick, Sloan Stevens. For winning her first grand slam this year she's just dominant and i just i've watched her a little bit kind of coming up um uh, when she was a little bit younger a few years back and i remember her winning a particular match and i remember everyone obviously was trying to compare her to serena but you knew from then that she had something special and she was someone that can obviously walk in the same behind the foot behind uh serena and venus and walk the same path that they did and kind of carry the torch after they decide to hang it up whenever that will be. So shout outs to Sloane Stevens for winning the Grand Slam this year and letting everyone know that she got paid for it, handsomely, <laughs> as she should. And I also want to give a, a honorable mention to the ladies of the Nigerian bobsled team. Apparently the, the country never had a bobsled team before, and they decided to put the team together, and they will be competing in the Winter Olympics. So shout outs to them. Black Girl Magic all up in the There's winter. There's been a lot of Black Girl Magic this year. We can have a whole segment on the Black Girl Magic that we've seen this year. But That's... we're going to keep it
0: moving. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. The best, the next superlative is the best hip-hop moments. So we are avid hip-hop fans, of course, of y'all, as y'all have seen um, multiple times I heard on this podcast. So we broke this down into the best hip-hop moment that involves a man and the best hip-hop moment that involves a woman. Um, It can be a popular event, you know, some music that dropped that you love, or even some big awards that were won, but what was your best hip-hop moment of this year?
1: I'm going to tackle the woman, and I'm going to say the entire year of 2017 for Cardi B has been the best hip-hop moment. She said, I want to be better. This is the life that I want, and she manifested it. And she did it while, while being herself. And she did it with great music. Like, But when, when you take away the big personality and the hype, she can actually spit. Like, She's actually really good. So Cardi B, obviously, if you've been hiding under a rock, you've been in a cave, you've been underground, if you do not know who Belle Calise is, <laughs> a.k.a. Cardi B, she originally became known to us. Well, she became known to a lot of people, via social media She had a huge social media following she was a former stripper um who just has a great personality and she is hilarious like she's funny but she's very real she drops a lot of gems when you strip away the the loud voice and the the, the bronx accent and everything um she was on love and hip-hop made her run there stole our hearts in person uh, you know on television and she said you know i want to be a music artist and a lot of people didn't take her seriously because there's a lot of people on the Love and Hip Hop franchise, no shade, who say that they're having they want to have a music career and they either don't come out with music or their music is pretty lackluster, outside of the artists who are included in the franchise who already had a career prior to joining, right? Like Remy Ma or Jim Jones or whomever else. Anyway, Cardi left the franchise, dropped you know, single after single, did some features. And got her buzz up, and she's really good. And then Bodak Yellow just kind of catapulted her into a whole new level of success. And now she has two Grammy nominations. So if you don't use Cardi B in some way, shape, or form, if she's not on your vision board for 2018, if you haven't picked out like some kind of pages from her book, then you need to do so, because she has an amazing year and uh, honorable mention to reminisce Mackie, a.k.a. Remy Ma, a.k.a. my big sister in my head for. (laughs) Y'all talk
0: alike. mm, That sounds so country. Y'all talk alike. Like, sometimes when I hear her on um, (laughs) Love and Hip Hop, I'm like, yo, she and Lo talk so much alike. Really? Like, yes. Like, the accent, of course, your New York accent. And then, like, just the way y'all just, like, put emphasis on some words. You know how she'd be like, are you dumb? Like, she says it real hard with dumb. You yeah, don't you say it like dumb. that. But there's- <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's a it's New York so-
1: thing. Hard, Like, And I'm like, oh, that sounds just like love. It's a, it's a New York thing. Um, yeah, but no, I'm, I've been a fan of her, obviously, prior to her spending her... Couple of years away, um, incarcerated. You know, when her music was popping, that's when it was pop. Like that's when I was in college. That's when it was like you in the club all the time, and her music is coming on. And then she went away for a while, came back. You know, and now she turned a new leaf, and her music is still popping. She looks amazing. I love her and Papoose together. So shout outs to her for giving us positive examples. Who would? Who are you thinking of on the male side for the best hip hop moment? Well, my best hip hop
0: moment for the women was definitely. Remy and Nikki's beef only because it's not because like I like to see Nikki. it's only because some hot music came out of that like Sheether was like Disrespect. never before it was so disrespectful I was listening to it like dang she is really like coming for her neck and it was just so crazy to me um but you know I don't like to see women be pitted against each other for under any category or anything but it was definitely nah
1: different. bump that it's hip hop it's competitive it's a sport Go
0: but, but, you know, with women, is different. It's like, oh, she's still in my flow. Oh, she's still in my name.
1: Oh, she's doing... Oh, create like, your own.
0: It's magnified when it comes to women, which is why I'm like, you know, like everybody's thinking Cardi and Nicki got a beef because all the rumors and stuff. I feel like it's different for women. But the men's side, I'm just beef-oriented today, I guess, because <laughs> the Migos and Joe Budden and DJ Academics, like, that meme where... <laughs> Oh Lord. Um, got up and threw the microphone and Quavo was like, yo, what's up? <laughs> and DJ Academic Space was just like hilarious. Like it all was so funny. And then I don't know if y'all saw the the other part of the meme where the girl like stuck her neck up, like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> kind of looked over the area. Like all of that was just hilarious to me. that best hip hop moment was kind of was kind of that. It kind of took over Twitter
1: too. That was a hilarious moment. Oh, by the way, if you are creative, um, if you're into like creating your own stuff, have dope ideas, on Joe Budden's podcast, he explains why he left Complex. Whether you agree with why he left or not, he drops a lot of great gems for people like myself, like Princess, who have amazing ideas and work in corporate environments. Um, (laughs) Definitely listen to it the Joe Budden, Joe Budden podcast. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying he drops a lot of gems. My homegirl put me onto to it. Shout outs to her for putting me onto it and I'm putting y'all on. Best album.
0: I know everybody's going to say 444 by Jay-Z or Damn by Kendrick Lamar. I'm kind of like away from the rap game this year. I don't know why. So I don't know if y'all have heard of Daniel Caesar. Yeah. But he Yeah, he's, like, very chill, R&B. Like, his style just, like, it's, like, I can study to it. I can fall asleep to it. I can sing to it in the car. It just depends. I can cry to it. Like, I could just, it gives me a lot of different vibes and a lot of different feelings. So, his album, Freudian, really was, like, it for me this year. So, I know everybody's going to go, oh, Kendrick is better and had all these numbers and same for 444, but... I gotta go with Daniel Caesar's project. It was really good.
1: I heard great stuff. I feel like I've heard him, I feel like I may have seen him live before somewhere, but I don't think he definitely wasn't what he is now. And I think he may have like been mm-hmm. opening for somebody. Because the name, when I heard the name, I'm like, I feel like I've heard him sing before. So I'm gonna check it out though. I'm gonna check it out. For me, um, best album, it is 444. Cause finally, Jay Z let out an album. Finally. Finally, 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 I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. It was such a cool album. It was different. There were so such, so much songs that were so good. Me, uh, being engaged to a producer, I've gotten really into the sample thing. So I understand samples a lot more. So some of the samples that the producer who produced the album used were so good. Like When you listen to the original, it's like, oh my gosh, this is even better than Jay-Z's version. What he was talking about was great and honestly it wasn't even like i know everyone like really focused on like him admitting that he cheated on beyonce or whatever which i mean i don't feel like he admitted it Like it was common sense i don't know what the big hoopla was about because clearly in her album she made it very clear that this is what he did but just the, the way he tackled the topics how open he is talking about his mother coming out with her sexuality Come, uh, talking about, you know, just Black people in general. My favorite song is the story of OJ on the album and how, you know, people of color need to get together and, and you know, use our resources in better ways and all these other things that he was talking about. So I love the album. That's one of my favorites. I really tried to get into SZA's album. I did. Here's the thing. I feel like I should have listened to Siss's album when it first came out. I took a while to listen to the album and everyone was hyping it up. So by the time that I listened to it, my expectations were so high for it that it didn't meet it. You know what I mean? Okay. Does that Uh, make any sense? No? I guess. I I feel like I was expecting to hear a certain sound or I was expecting it to be like some kind of like I was expecting it to knock my socks off, and it didn't. Now, the album is a great album. I've listened to it more than once, more than twice, more than three times. It's a really good album. Great singles off of it. She's beautiful. Her voice is beautiful. She's so talented. She deserves every Grammy nomination she got. But for me, no. Am I bugging?
0: I mean, if you want to do an album review for Scissors, that's cool. I really don't. I really wasn't all that impressed about it. Like, and I know everybody was hyping it up and stuff, like, just because The Weeknd was just so, like, salacious. Everyone was like, oh, my God, like, she's admitting to be a to be a, a side piece. So I think it was like, it got a lot of buzz around there. I
1: like two songs off of
0: it, and The Weeknd is not one of them.
1: So I didn't care for The am like, that much. Huh? I didn't care for The weekend that much.
0: That was kind of like a breakout single or whatever from the album. And I'm just like, eh, I like two songs, so I'm just like, I'm not the huge, I'm not the biggest SZA fan. I'm not gonna act like I am. So yeah, that definitely would not have been my pick for album of the year because it was very, um, it was very scandalous, you know, a little scandalous. But yo, SZA had her own glow up year too, so gotta respect that at least. What's your favorite song of the year? <laughs> My favorite song of the year is definitely bodak yellow like
1: when that thing came out i like i went all the way in like i'm sure you did i could imagine you too putting your face i could see listen let me tell you about some princess right she's very sweet she's very demure she's such a lady oh thank you but that song brings out the the, the grit in every woman look and you guys don't see her dancing to it imagine like she's Whatever's in her head right now, she's dancing to it as we speak, and y'all can't see, and I wish y'all could. Um, <laughs> I could just really get in someone's face and putting her finger dead in like the middle of their forehead, like right between their eyes, and like mushing them while she's singing that song. Especially, especially on that, the first three words, like, yeah,
0: really It's like that really just gets me. <laughs> so yeah, "Bodak Yellow" is like, and like you said, Cardi B really had a great year. The number one song, she got engaged. She has a really bomb Steve Madden uh, campaign, and she has so much more going on. Grammy nominations, like she's really like living the life. Which shout out to her. But "Bodak Yellow" was like everybody was singing it. It was like, of course, people, you know, who love hip hop and r were singing it. But it was like Ellen was singing it. Like it really made it to mainstream and just dominated. So. That was definitely my song of 2017, and I'm probably going to take that into 2018 with the same energy.
1: That was one of my favorite songs of 2017, and my other song, I didn't want to like it at first, but Wild Thoughts, like, it just kept getting, it stuck in my head, like, at first, I was like, when I heard the the beat drop, and I'm like, all right, Khaled, you playing with a classic now, like... Maria Maria went hard back in the day. Don't mess with my classic. Like, if you're not gonna do it right, leave it where it was. Leave it in my high school era. Do not touch it, <laughs> right? But Rihanna killed it, man. Like, she bodied her whole everything. That whole song is just fire. Like, I, I feel like Rihanna, since we were, gonna, we were gonna mention honorable mentions in a little bit, but might as well start now. Rihanna honestly had a dope 2017 too. Oh yeah, she had that song at the end of the year or towards the end of the year. She dropped that song with NERD where she was rapping and she had bars. I'm not a big fan of that lemon song. I don't care about the lemon song. I just care about Rihanna's part. Okay, got you. <laughs> that's all. The rest of the song, the album is okay, but we're that's another conversation for another day. Um, the song is dope. But Rihanna killed it. She had a great year with that. I know with her Puma line. I didn't buy anything from her Puma line, but I know her Puma line did really well. And Fenty Beauty, Princess knows I've talked to her about this plenty of times. Fenty Beauty really changed my life for the better. For someone to come out with makeup, never had makeup before, never tested it or experimented with it, and to come out shaking the industry the way she did with forty makeup shades, like that's crazy. Like most people, when they want to get into makeup, they start small, so they'll start with like lipstick or they'll start with like a eyeshadow palette or They'll start with something like really safe, you know? But she went for the gusto. She's like, we're going to tackle foundation. Like, we're going to tackle the very thing that you have to put all over your face. And she came with 40 shades of di- and really paid attention to undertones, which is a huge thing for women of color, all women of color, not just, you know, African-American women, but, you know, Middle Eastern women and Hispanic women and Asian women and white women. And when I saw an article with a woman who was albino and she cried because she finally found makeup that matched her skin tone like that's a big deal and the products are good they're affordable they're bomb like it's not a fluke it's not hype because rihanna is the real deal that's my psa for fancy beauty because i love it so that was my favorite that's one of my favorite moments of 2017 actually it's when the makeup drop, which i'm wearing on my face right now because princess can see that i'm doing my makeup real quick and i have it on don't i look cute multi-tasking, multi-faceted
0: and multi-talented because yeah, you do look good girl. You put it together. Yes. People wouldn't even know. And if you hadn't said nothing about it, but you look good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're about to wrap up in a little bit. We d- we definitely want to touch on a few more things. So the best political moment. Now politics obviously has been the forefront of everything this year since the election last year, where, pretty much a majority of this country was stunned by the election of Donald Trump. Um, Whether you plan on voting for him or not, I think a lot of people didn't expect him to win and everyone thought that Hillary was gonna take it. And he has uh, definitely been in the news every day. And it's not only because he's the president of the United States, but because a lot has come out of him being the president of the United States. So, You know, we're not here to necessarily talk about politics and what people believe in or not believe in. I don't mind saying that I don't care for him that much, but that's just me. But needless to say, there's been a lot of pivotal moments that have taken place over the years. So for me, one of the moments that stick out in my head, out of the many, and there's so many, I actually have to really sit there and think about it because there were so many countless moments. But when, I think my favorite moment had to be when LeBron James called him a bum. Because like... First of all, no, he was minding his own. Steph Curry was minding his business. This is Steph Curry. He's the most granola, wholesome, like untouched, unscathed person in all the sports. And obviously, you know, the team turned down coming to the White House or he turned down coming to the White House. And Donald Trump staying his feelings and decided to, you know, get to Twitter and start throwing shade which is the wrong thing to do, because not only are you going after the wrong person in the sense of him being a nice guy, but you're going after the wrong person because the league don't play that. So you saw a lot of players uh, defend him, whether they talked about his character, talked big up Steph Curry's character or went after Donald Trump himself. And one of the people that did so was LeBron James. And he blatantly calls uh, the president a bum. And I'm about to bring up the exact tweet right now. What did you think about that when he did that?
0: I thought it was hilarious. Um, because Trump really was going in, like, well, y'all don't want to come to the White House. Well, your invitation has been revoked. And LeBron was like, bruh, if I said I don't want to come, there is no invitation. Like, I'm not, you know, bum. Like, I'm not, I'm not with it. But I think that was funny. And he kind of stood in for oh, he also said, I think he also said something like the White House. Coming to the White House was an honor before you got
1: there. But he really just, like, added insult to injury. Saying okay. you bum is equivalent to Remy Ma saying, are you dumb? Like, uh, this, is, this is great. That was one of the many. Shout out to LeBron. He definitely, he definitely topped off
0: 2017 with, like, petty because he took it to Twitter and, of course, made it political. My best political moment was Auntie Maxine Waters and yeah. her reclaim. And her reclaiming my time and just her coming on the scene in general. Uh, I think she did it in kind of response to the election of President Trump. And she's been advocating for his impeachment. But that reclaiming my time, like she was not with his. It wasn't President Trump. I can't remember exactly who it was. But she was not with him, A, talking over her and just kind of rambling on. Like she was like, no, I'm reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. And I'm like, yes, auntie, yes. Teach us the ways.
1: I'm happy. And I'm especially happy too, because, like, you see, you know, one of our elders that are like being embraced so much and showing that she still got our back, you know? And she, I thought about her too. I love her. There were so many great moments. Another honorable mention I wanted to talk about was the 98% of Black women who came out to vote in Alabama to keep Roy Moore out of the Senate, like shout outs to all those amazing women, everyone who voted, everyone who did not vote him for him, that's number one, shout outs to y'all, especially like black women and black men who came out in the droves to say, we're not gonna have this man in office. Uh, it was so many great moments. Um, and we obviously have a lot to work to do. So we'll see how all of this stuff carries over into 2018.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna finish up for this episode with our honorable mentions. We're just gonna name two or three quick pop culture topics to mention some things that happened throughout the year. And these may or may not apply to the categories that we mentioned. So may not be sports related, it may not be political, it may not be music—just fun stuff. Okay. Um, so I'll I'll start with the year's honorable mentions. I would definitely have to say Beyonce having twins was on that list of yes. things. Yes. Things that like changed my life this year. No. <laughs> so um, I'm very happy. I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I'm very happy for her expand- expanding her family. Um, also, another honorable mention I have is Serena Williams' new life, getting married, having a baby. Um, and we just get to see another side of her. I'm a huge Serena Williams fan. Like, I-, I love her so much for everything that she personifies and embodies as an athlete. And then we get to see another side of her as a woman and a wife. And um, she also has a new Nike headquarter building named after her and that is just goals in a itself.
1: whole building.
0: Yeah, and it's massive and it's beautiful and it's definitely goals. So Serena Williams definitely has that. Um, another honorable mention was um, saying goodbye to the Obamas. I think mm. that was um, it was very emotional for a lot of people um, because, you know, it just it just was a lot. It was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to see the Obamas and all their glory and splendor get on that helicopter and leave us, you know, at the hands of President Trump was quite a um, quite an experience. So that was definitely an honorable mention. And I have one more that I'm completely done. Um, we mentioned this a little bit earlier was the hurricane devastation. Um, I mean, it really hit, you know, Texas. Puerto Rico like it was just very devastating, and it still is Puerto Rico still is Without power and a lot of their basic necessities Um, But what I love to see Was the community rallying together And a lot of the U.S. government kind of Fought back against helping Puerto Rico Uh, But to see like athletes like J.J. Watt really he said he was going to Raise I think $20,000 end up raising Over a million to help Houston I mean it's going to take a lot to Rebuild and I think it's something that we all have To work on as people and as one community of Americans to do together. So if you know of any um, hurricane relief fund efforts that you can be involved in, please don't think it's all over just because it's out of the news cycle. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions for 2017.
1: So I kind of incorporated some of my honorable mentions uh, with my answers earlier, but I just have a couple of more. First, I'm gonna start off by shouting out um, anyone who decided in 2017 that it was their year and they decided to chase their dreams and their goals, whether it's moving out, starting their own business. Shout outs to you. I know a couple of people within my circle who have made or are going to make or setting up to make major major life changes and achieving their goals. Um, Shout outs to them. Um, Shout outs to the huge Black Girl Magic movement that we saw continue in 2017. Shoutouts to Issa Rae for getting to more shows. Shoutouts to Keisha Lance Bottoms for becoming the first black male, uh, first black mayor of Atlanta. Shoutouts to Amorosa leaving the White House. Shoutouts to so many women uh, of color across all generations who said this year that you know what, this is we built this country or we built this brand or we built this particular industry and we're going to do the damn thing. Um, Shout outs to the various WNBA players who got married this year. That was another big moment. A lot of them did. Uh, Candace Dupree got married to Dawana Bonner. Elena Deladon got married. Skylar Diggins got married. And if there's anyone that I forget, I apologize. But, oh, uh, Karima Christmas Kelly got married. So we definitely have a lot of ladies who you know, took the next step in love this year. So congratulations to them. And of the babies that were born this year as well. Uh, Misty Bass has a beautiful baby boy. Swin Cash has a baby boy. Uh, Dwana Bonner and Ken Supri have twins. So shout outs to uh, all those ladies who are taking the next step into, uh, you know, building their families and solidifying their future. And speaking of future, let's talk about our future for 2018 for 2018
0: I would definitely just mention one goal I do have a few my goal I I was blessed in 2017 to this is really like a reflective year um people always talk about like their years of growth or times and periods of growth I really think 2017 was one for me um I moved to the DMV kind of by myself um I left North Carolina kind of took that leap You know trying to find jobs in the sports industry and everything that worked for me um and i came across a job with a manager who really was invested in my personal development um and so i would talk to her about the things that you know i was going through or just kind of my doubts and things like that and um she really kind of checked me she was like i think a lot of who you try to project on others like in terms of like my attitude or the way that i speak to people communicate to people She was like, if you want to have a life of healthy communication, if you want to have a job or career with healthy communication, you need to start, you know, with the people that are around you every day. So I think for 2018, my goal is to make sure that the people who come in contact with me the people who are around me have a very positive experience. Like, I want to be the person that, you know, they can come to or they can talk to or just someone that they know is a supportive person. You know, I just I feel like in in times I haven't been that for my family and my friends and people that I've been around. And so I'm I'm glad that, you know, she kind of called me out on that and was like, well, if you want to expand your network, you're going to have to be a good person. If you want more genuine friends, you're going to have to be a better friend, like a better. It all starts with you. Um, So that's my 2018 goal. My birthday is always my personal new year. So I I started the best I could um, back in late october when my birthday was um so i'm still kind of rolling with that like just being more mindful of what i say how i say it you know making mention of how people because you can't talk to everybody the same way you know like some people don't take tones the same way they don't take um you know phrases the same way so i'm being really mindful of that and uh, being cognizant on how i make people feel in
1: 2018. do you have any other professional goals in 2018?
0: um uh, i'm gonna keep those to myself i'm gonna keep those to myself um but i do have um some definitely for this podcast we are going to oh we got y'all some with stuff,
1: stuff coming y'all we got some good stuff coming trust we got some good <laughs> stuff coming for the podcast um
0: yeah what else yeah i'm just keeping to myself but it'll be good stuff you know moving silence and all that kind of stuff i guess real g's moving silence like what was the
1: word? Lasagna. I think Can I said I that the other day and they didn't get it. They were like, <laughs> I know who it was. It was Bianca. I told her I said that. <laughs> and she was, it was, okay, it's our mutual homegirl. Shout out to you, B. We love you. <laughs> so we're talking about something and I said, cause she said something, All you know, I'm a G. And I was like, oh, what, real G's more like, in science like lasagna. And she's like, what are you going to talk about lasagna for? You know, I can't eat that shit because she's vegan. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. B, you got to do better than that, <laughs> boo. Uh, 2018 goals for myself. Um, I have a whole lot of goals, which is the problem. I think every year um, I set out with all these lofty, goals and things I want to try to achieve and I burn myself out. Um, 2017 has been a year of wig snatching. I feel like the universe, I feel like God has exposed a lot of my flaws and things that I need to work on. And I'm, I'm a very flawed person. I'm a great person, but you know, I'm human. And I think the areas in my life that I need to work on the most were exposed this year through a lot of the changes that I went through this year. Um, 2017 was a very up and down year for me personally. Um, a lot has happened and with my family, uh, a lot of big changes. I too moved. I moved out of my parents' house, which is a big thing. Never lived outside of my parents' house before, outside of college. So me and my fiance lived together, and it's been an amazing experience. But it does have its challenges. You know, you're living with someone that's not your family that you grew up with your whole life, as well as learning to live on your own. So it's come with some challenges and within those experiences and other things going on uh, with my job, a lot has come to the forefront. And I think that's what I'm going to focus on for 2017 are those uh, habits that I need to break, new habits that I need to form. I have a lot of goals to work on for Beyond the W, but I think my biggest goal with Beyond the W is... I only have two major goals, actually, for me at Beyond the W that I am I have to focus on, um, which I talked to my writer about because I think I kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit over the past couple years. Um, I knew what I wanted to be on the W to be from day one, but it just hasn't turned out to be what I wanted to be, and I'm, I'm kind of restless a little bit. So for 2018 and going forward, I want it to be that... And I focused on a lot of the wrong things in 2017. Um, I was trying to get Beyond the W to a place, but ignoring like the bare bones of it, you know, and and ignoring like the foundation, like the foundation wasn't strong enough for it to go where I want it to go. So I still have a lot more building to do on the foundational level, um, primarily around content. And that's what my focus is going to be for 2017. And uh, I think I'm kind of being forced to step out of my comfort zone a little bit um, because I do know what I want to do for not just the website, but just professionally. And I think I found comfort in being in certain spaces. Um, For example, with Beyond the W, I know there's a certain kind of content that I want to put out, certain different things. But I kept doing like the same thing over and over for the past three years. And now with the Liberty being up for sale, which, you know, is crazy still in itself. Even though sources have said that they are going to stay in New York, we don't know that yet. We don't know who's going to buy them and if they are going to be in the New York tri-state area. So if the Liberty are not in the tri-state area, aka Barclay Center, St. John's, or Ness Coliseum, I'm probably not going to be covering a lot of WNBA games the way I have in the past three years. And I think that's forcing me to step out my comfort zone. And make the ideas that I've had happen. I think I found a lot of comfort being in the locker room.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, it's always about growth and change. And if you feel like you needed a a new direction to go in, because you know, based on the conversations we have, it sounds like you want to go in a a, a different direction um, with the voice of the of the site. I think mean, that's definitely something you should do. Um, hopefully they do stay in New York, though, because I think, like I told you that time I came up there for the New York Liberty game, like, they cared so much about that team. And I loved that. Um, like, it was packed out, like 11,000 people, so much energy, so much excitement. I love that. So, you know, for the New York Liberty, it's up for sale. Whoever decides to buy it, please keep it somewhere
1: in New York, because those Bring fans... It. Bring it to Brooklyn. Because yeah. no come out to Long Island, and... <laughs> or Jersey you know like keep it in Brooklyn Brooklyn is still very accessible to most of the core fan base um, Barclays Center could use you know something a, a winning culture outside of the Nets so I think they should definitely bring it to Brooklyn but we'll see what happens who knows okay, so 2018 is definitely we are claiming that it's going to be a very productive
0: year for everyone we are praying for more life more growth more chances taken um, for all of our listeners, for all of the W players, the league personnel. We are very grateful. Like I said, this is the year that we stepped out on faith and started the W podcast. And we are very thankful for everyone who has followed us, sent words of encouragement, sent feedback, whether that be, well, it's always been positive. Um, So we're just very thankful for everyone who's really been on our side we also hope that everyone had a very merry christmas and that your new year celebration is safe and fun um if you have any new year's resolutions that you want to send to us and we can talk about you can reach us by email the at gmail.com instagram at the w Podcast, and on twitter at the w underscore so lo anything else on your mind that you want to
1: finish and wrap up for 2017 I want to say thank you, Princess, for having the same sh- shared vision as I did and for bringing this podcast to life. You know, you're the one who approached me with the idea and it's something I was thinking about, but hearing you be so excited about it and have these dope ideas and bring your talent uh, forward to make this baby happen, I'm very grateful for you. So thank you for that. And thank you for all the listeners. Thank you for the guests we've had. Thank you for Amani. Thank you for Roz um thank you in advance for future guests and everyone who's ever like gave us words of encouragement who's gave us critiques on how we could be better you know this is only the beginning we have a lot of major plans going forward for coming years for this podcast we want to see it grow and we want you the listeners to be as interactive in it as possible So like Princess says, please send your questions and any suggestions of anything, anything you would love to hear, guest ideas or people you would love for us to talk to, send it to us. Um, Maybe we could even do stuff at different events or in your city or something, if you know, time permitting and we can come through and do something live or whatever. We're open for all suggestions. Um, And I just want 2018 to just be about life, celebrate life, live your life. 2018 is about living your best life.
0: And don't take it for granted ever. So again, thank you all so much for riding this ride with us this year in 2017. Best wishes and all the love in 2018.
1: See y'all next year. Y'all next year. (laughs) Love y'all.